0: Welcome to today's episode of A Different Mind, a podcast from Neurostar Huddle. This episode's guest is Simon Pryor. Simon is speaking today about neurodiversity in testing and software development in general. Simon is currently heading up the core QA team at EasyJet. In his career, he has worked in various roles across IT from C++ developer, Scrum Master, before finally finding his passion in testing. Simon is passionate about coaching, mentoring his team to be the best he can enabling them to use all possible tools and skills to get a job done the best of their ability. Simon's a well known speaker and meetup organizer in the software testing world and also a keen advocate for companies to consider neurodiversity as part of their inclusion programs.
1: Hi, I'm Simon I wanted to talk to you today about diversity and inclusion. For me, diversity and inclusion is an imperative part of every organization at the moment. But for me, there's a, there's a gap in what most diversity inclusion plans include. Most of the time, these include things like race, gender, LGBTQ, age, physical disabilities. But for me, the big gap is neurodiversity. And I'd like to talk a bit more today about that. For me, neurodiversity refers to the different ways the brain is working for different individuals. Everybody processes it differently and there are specific conditions that when talking about neurodiversity, we are talking about. These could be things such as autism, ADHD, dyslexia, dyspraxia um, and certain mental health conditions as well. This is important to me because I have... People with neurodiverse conditions in my family. My wife's also a teacher working with special needs children, and it's been something that I've lived with my entire life. And now working in the the adult world, I know I realise that it's not something that is actively covered in most organisations. I've certainly worked with people that are neurodiverse that haven't had it particularly easy in the workplace, and I feel this is something we need to do more to help improve. So, looking at neurodiversity itself. Um, one in seven people can be classed as neurodivergent, which in itself is is quite a high number. But then if we look at just the neurodiverse people within that category, one in three struggle to get a job or struggle to keep a job because there's not the the things put in place within the workplace to make it easy for them. I've certainly worked with people in the past from a testing perspective who have been incredibly intelligent and, and have been of neurodiverse, certainly dyslexic or with ADHD, and they have been some of the best people I've worked with, most intelligent. They're not afraid to ask the questions that need to be asked, and they're willing to to do that work, and they can do other things at the same time. I've just always been awestruck by their abilities. But I certainly feel that it's something that we need to do more about in the industry to to help help people with those conditions um, be successful in the workplace. Um, We should always look at hiring the best candidates. But what I'm concerned about is that maybe we're not looking in the right places to give everybody a chance to access the roles. So I certainly think we need to do more to raise the awareness of these roles and skills within, um, within the neurodiverse sector. I know there's a few organisations that have got schemes set up IBM do one uh, Microsoft have got one BBC do a big big thing around neurodiversity as well and it's certainly starting to improve but it's at this point it's not everywhere and what these schemes are doing is they are they are hand picking neurodiverse individuals using a different process for application and then putting them together on a project and working through a particular a particular software development cycle or a particular project and building them up their confidence to give them a chance to work, work fully within the organization. I think these things, these schemes are great. My biggest concern with them at present is that it's still isolating those neurodiverse individuals into one group rather than making them more spread across the organization. But th- this is a huge step forward. This is something that two, three years ago wasn't being talked about and wasn't enabling people to do. When it comes to make raising the awareness, I think we need to be doing more as an industry to be going out to schools, universities, and maybe some of the neurodiverse charities, such as the National Autistic Society and others, and helping build partnerships with them to enable neurodiverse individuals to find those opportunities to join the workforce, to join organisations that they may have a particular interest in. The next step there is then to look at the hiring process. And that goes all the way from job adverts all the way through to hiring the individuals into the workplace. So from the job adverts, um, taking it from uh, someone, taking it from an autistic person's perspective, they may see a job advert that lists 20 or 30 different requirements for the role, i.e. are they, did different things they'll be expected to do or different skills they have. Um, Someone with autism may look at that list and say, well, I only tick the box for five of those out of the 20. Therefore, I can't apply for the role. I sometimes think we make jobs, job roles, too specific job. um, And it makes it difficult for people to want to apply for them because they they, doesn't feel like it's the right fit for them. What I would suggest is the way forward with here is that rather than making the job role specific is actually we look for the key skills we want and then allow the person to grow into the role once they're in the the position. So we, we open it up, make it an open book effectively. We have the core skills that we feel they need, but we don't tie it down so narrow that people are turned off by the job spec. This will enable people to come in, and if they have particular interests or they have particular ways of working, an example might be there may be a role which the job spec specifies that they need to be able to do face-to-face communication regularly. That They may be doing a development role, but equally they'll have to present another parts of the role as well. But if someone with a neurodiverse condition came in that was absolutely incredible at the development part, would we turn them away because they couldn't do the, the presentations or would we try and find them a way to fit into that team and enable the rest of the team to find a way to pick up the other parts of the role that are needed for that team if we look at the team as a whole rather than looking at the individuals um, and look at what we need to have as a team this can sometimes be much more powerful and, and give a much more holistic solution rather than trying to pigeonhole individuals into specific specific skill sets and then once we've done the job specs, the next stage is the actual interview process. Certainly yeah. people with conditions such as ADHD may find it difficult to sit still and stay on focus for an interview. People with autism may find it difficult to give eye, eye contact during the interviews. So we need to find ways that if we are interviewing someone with a neurodiverse condition and we know from what we've seen of them that we, we, we want to pursue to an interview stage then we need to look at how we can make that more accommodating for them. Maybe we can arrange to have the interview in somewhere that they're familiar with. Rather than it being in an intimidating office in front of a panel, can we find a way to make the interview in somewhere like a coffee shop or somewhere outside where they can feel more comfortable and we can just have the conversation as a conversation rather than feeling like a, like um, a panel interview. The difficulty here is getting the balance right. Because it's you don't want to be seen to leaning so far towards neurodiverse candidates that you're ignoring or you're changing the processes to accommodate them, then leaving all the other candidates to follow a, a different process. It's about building that process that's right for everybody. And whether someone's got a neurodiverse condition or not, it's key to make sure that everybody feels included, everybody feels accepted. That's another key thing, I think, within diversity and inclusion is is the awareness and the acceptance, as well as the fact we have neurodiverse people within a team. So once you've done the hiring process, so going through the interview process, looking for ways to accommodate their needs within that process, the next step really is to enable them to be successful in the workplace. And with that, it's about working with them to understand what they need, what will make them comfortable, how they intend to work, where a, an inclusive workplace is, is crucial um, allowing them to, to maybe they maybe they don't want to work in a noisy office. Maybe as part of their induction, they get a set of noise-cancelling headphones or they're enabled the chance to work from home if it's particularly noisy. Um, they can have breaks at specific times if they need them. And it's the, the difficult thing is it's not about labelling them or isolating them so that they feel different. It's about finding ways to accommodate their needs within the wider team and allowing the rest of the team to work with them without feeling that they're a special case that, that that needs all these extra pieces of support in place to enable them to do the job. Um, I would certainly say that it's it's really an education and awareness thing for the whole team to enable the whole team to, to work together. And I do worry sometimes that, in some of the scenarios I've seen, neurodiverse people can almost feel like they're the token member of the team that's been brought in because the company's trying to do something new. And actually, we need to do more to build build those bridges and raise the awareness, but also to make them feel like they're part of the team and not, not a, a special case. It's about making allowances really for everybody and not just for the neurodiverse individuals so that it doesn't show favouritism or, or different ways of working with them. But I really feel that there's a lot we can do to try and try and help make the, the working environment more inclusive for everybody and not just for the neurodiverse individuals that we're trying to, to bring into the workforce. I truly believe that a, a truly diverse team is the way to make it a successful business and the way to make deliver successful products. So we need to enable all channels to to get these people in the doors and to work with the variety of other smart minds we have within organisations. But as I say, it's really not about putting a label on these people. There are a lot of already within the tech industry that are working without the label just fine and they almost go unnoticed. But we need to be considering them equally to the other talent that we're seeing and enabling them to do the job to the best of their ability.
0: Thank you for listening to the latest episode of our Different Me podcast. Remember, you can find the complete back catalogue of the Different Me podcast on all good podcast platforms wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find all episodes on yourstarhudel.com. If you enjoyed the podcast today, please give it a rating as it helps others discover the podcast. We'll talk to you on the next episode of our Different Me.